0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Tuesday, June 14th, uh, 2022. Today we're reading from the big book. We are still in Bill's story. We're on page nine, the seventh paragraph, which begins, he had come to pass his experience and it ends with, for I was hopeless. We're just going to read the one paragraph. Today's readers, we have Marge E on the 12 steps and Joni C on the 12 traditions. And the readers of the text are Elizabeth D, Leah S, and Craig F. The share ID for yesterday, Monday, June 13th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, that number 19,062, that's 19062. For the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, 19,063. That's 19063. And if we could just mute, thank you so much. Okay, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. We neither solicit nor accept outside donations. Carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating, well, they can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So let me now ask Marge E. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Marge.
1: Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much, Marge E. from Massachusetts. and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overreaders and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service and I pass.
0: Thanks, Marge. Okay, and with the 12 traditions, we have Joni C. Good morning, Joni.
2: Good morning, Larry. This is Joni C. from Minnesota, gratefully recovered um, but not cured. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 6. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Have a great day.
0: Well, you have a great day too, Joni. Thanks so much. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. And anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and to the literature that we're discussing, and that you also keep your share to approximately three minutes. I'll give you a heads up when that time is up. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year. For readers, it's six months. And there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And of course, we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you'd like to share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Uh, Press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're, we're still in Bill's story. We're on page number nine, the seventh paragraph. It begins, he had come to pass his experience. It ends with, for I was hopeless. And we're just going to comment on the one paragraph. And now um, I'll ask um, Elizabeth D to get us started. Good morning, Elizabeth.
3: Good morning,
4: Larry.
5: There you are.
3: Yes, I'm going to set my timer. So my name is Elizabeth D. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater living in the Boston area. And um, I'm grateful to be reading this this morning, and thank you, Larry, for your service, and everyone on the line for their service. Um, he had come to pass his experience along to me, if I cared to have it. I was shocked but interested, but certainly I was interested. I had to be, for I was hopeless. Um, I'm so um, in awe of Bill's story. I'm in awe of Bill. He's such an amazing storyteller. And when I finally identify, I've been a compulsive overeater for all my life and um, never thought really that Bill's story was something I should be interested in because, you know, I'm not an alcoholic. I just have a little problem with food. But my disease is progressive, and over the years, I've come to see what a grabber of a story this is. Um, he had come to pass his experience along to me, so he's talking about Ebbie Thatcher, who is with him, and and he, at this point in Bill's alcoholism, he was desperate and hopeless. Um, so he was shocked by what Eddie had to say, but he was also also interested, and I can so identify with that because it was. It was really at the point of my hopelessness in this disease that I finally got interested in doing whatever it took to have what I heard others who were recovered have, had. In 2015, I had, was coming off yet another relapse and more horrible than the last relapse, um, You know, doing everything that Bill talked about here, stealing stealing and hiding and cheating. And um, I thought, you know, I'm going to die from this. Um, and then someone said, well, you know have you checked out these new me- meetings on the phone? Um, it's called a vision for you. You might check it out. And I did. And the, from the very first call, it was like the first speaker was my Eddie, And they said the word recovered. And I thought, What? How could you get recovered? I'd never heard that before in connection with my disease, that I could get recovered. Um, And I was shocked, but I was interested. And, um, you know, I had to be because I was hopeless. And it was from there that I understood, I began to understand the relevance of this story and this entire book to my problem and pick up this solution and actually apply it to my problem. I am so grateful to Bill and to everyone who keeps this meeting going because it is this program that has, has, um, has solved my problem. I am not cured of my compulsive overeating, but I have a daily reprieve contingent upon my spiritual recovery, and I am recovered today. And I have a life that I never imagined, and it goes so far beyond a normal-sized body. And I'm grateful, and I thank you for the opportunity to do service.
0: And I pass. Thanks for getting us started, Elizabeth. So she read from page 9, the seventh paragraph. Uh, He had come to pass his experience, the one paragraph. And we value your experience, but we ask that you share um, no more than once every third day. So, on your marks. Get ready. Okay, go. Who would like to share?
6: Katie G.
7: Rick.
0: Kelly Riva B. Rick. I heard Katie, Kelly, Reva, Rick. Who else? Loretta H.
8: Loretta L.
5: Barbara, Dara.
0: Okay, here's who I heard, you guys. Let's go with this first round. we got Katie, Kelly, Eva, Rick, Loretta, Barbara, and Dara. That's a good group. And let's pass it off to Katie G. Hey, Katie. Good morning. Hey, Katie. Oh, my
6: goodness. I just totally overwhelmed myself. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Katie G. from Boston, I'm so grateful to be here. You know, there are a lot of really key words in this uh, paragraph. You know, the first one obviously is experience, right? If I've never been tortured by the numbers on the scale or um, throwing up or exercising so much that I grow hair on my arms, I don't have anything to share, right? And so what you all have taught me is that when I come to talk to you, to carry a message i can't preach I, I got nothing to preach and you will know, know that i've preached in the past and god willing i hope that he's changing that also if i cared to have it and cared means to do the things needed to help and protect and then for i was hopeless and hopeless is black dark bleak i have to tell you that my hopelessness is my greatest asset My hopelessness and being and giving up. You know, one of our friends always said, Give up, stop fighting, right? Like uh, people call and they say, I'm getting back on, I'm going to fight for it. Don't fight. I have to tell you that the darkest times for me in abstinence or not have been when I have had such hopelessness because my life as it was wasn't working. I have to also share that the solution to this problem is. God, you know, it is getting to God. And that is what I hear over and over again. And whenever I am hopeless, do you know what I have to do? I have to go deeper with God because the hopelessness means to me, and Larry, you've got to be timing me, the hopelessness means to me that I don't have God. And what hope, what true hopelessness sounds like to me, the best part of hopelessness is help me. Tell me what to do. What I'm doing is not working. I don't have any idea if anything is going to work. And I have to tell you, you know, I've been in the rooms for a long time, and until I got on my knees, and really, like, it's easy to say here, I believe in God. But the question is, do I believe God? Do I believe that that God can restore me to sanity, And give me a primary purpose to carry a message of depth and weight to those, I'll be right there, baby, who are still suffering from this illness. This is an illness that wants me dead. It will settle for me eating. So please, God, let me do the things to help that are needed to do to protect me today. Please help me be that person. Help me question daily my willingness to be willing to stay abstinent in this program and to do whatever it is to get to God today. And with that, I pass.
0: Katie, okay, you got 15 more seconds. You take it. No, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. All right, next up we got Kelly followed by Reva. Kelly, good morning.
9: Hey guys, hey Larry, thanks for your service. It's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, Great couple of shares really um, related to both of them. The um, opening share is kind of my story when I started listening to Vision for You in 2014 um, after being here for 30 something years. so in this paragraph, he talks about, you know, chem's to pass his experience, and, and as was shared earlier, there's some, some great words, if, if I care to have it, right? And what is it, right? It's just like the paragraph before, you know, it's this simple, I'll call spiritual idea and a practical program of action. And you know, i had been around these rooms for so long, and I thought I was working the program. I really did, you guys. I mean, I thought I was. I, I had booklets. I answered questions. I did all this step work on the sheets and with my sponsor, but I wasn't, I wasn't living this program. I didn't have this connection with God, but I didn't know, right? I didn't know. So I started listening to Vision for year in 2014, and I heard you guys talking about being recovered, which was like blasphemy. You can't say that, right? I was shocked. I was listening to everybody talk about these instructions in the big book. Um, I don't think so. I've got like four books. There's not instructions in there. Of course, I'd never read it through the way it was meant to be read, but I was hopeless. I was back in the food, never had a year of abstinence after 30-something years. So, you know, I heard this message of depth and weight on these lines, and I was shocked. And I was hopeless, and I didn't know what else to do, so I just kept listening For two years, excessively, obsessively, never missed a meeting. Guess what? Didn't fix me. I had to not only want what you guys have, as we talked about, I had to do the work. And I know this was a paragraph yesterday, but I really wanted to share this. Um, It was talking about that practical program of action, and I'm a word nerd, and I look up words that I think I know, and that word practical, it says, Ever concerned with the actual doing or use of something rather than the theory so I have to work these steps what does that mean I have to live these principles in all my life and what does that mean the steps are getting me to God and the second uh, definition I love says an idea or plan likely to succeed and be effective in real circumstances so what is that oh my god so I had to take action and guess what that's a promise that if I do this the simple program I'm going to get the results, which means I get a relationship with God. So it's not just a belief in God. These steps are getting me to a relationship with God. And I was hopeless enough thank God to have an open mind to listen to you guys, to do that set-aside prayer, and then to start taking the action, to follow the instructions in the big book. So thank God I was hopeless. It's not only about desperation. I used to argue. It's not just surrender. I hear it all time: surrender, surrender, surrender. I was desperate. It takes both. Desperate, surrender and ready to do the work and grateful that I was in that place. Thanks to be here. Thanks, Larry, for your service. Bye.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Kelly. Okay, next up we have Reva, followed by Rick. Reva, good morning.
4: Good morning. This is Reva P, Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, just setting my timer. Yeah, just like everybody else has shared, came to pass his experience, not his opinion, not his thoughts, his experience. And the first meeting I went to um, was a speaker meeting, and this woman talked about her experience, and she was standing in front of all of us, and I couldn't believe she was the person she was talking about, and I just sat in that meeting and cried. And that did more for me, and that was more effective than any professional and any research study that I had been presented with and any um, intellectual information that was um, the greatest motivator and attraction. Um, And then the if, um, yeah, there's lots of things that will um, bring me all kinds of promises if I care to actually do it. Um, And then the business of being hopeless. I don't like being in pain. I don't like being uncomfortable. And that is sort of like my turning point, because in the past, when I was in pain, I would just blot it out with food and numb myself. Um, and pain now is the greatest motivator to effectuate change, because when I am in pain and I feel hopeless, I become open to something new. Um, and lately, there's been a lot of challenges with um, my mother, my daughter. Um, And when medical people when a situation uh, seems hopeless um, and finite human aid, you know, seems to say there is no way, that's when I know it's up to God. It's like God saying, excuse me, can I come in here? Um, Let me handle this. Um, And that's what it was like with the food. And this is not a one-time thing, being hopeless and being open to do the work. Can access God. This is just continuous growth and continuous seeking and pressing in. Um, And I love the acronym. Somebody once gave me the acronym for hope, and they're all a bit hokey, but you know, hang on, pain ends. And the truth is, when I do the work in abstinence, work the steps, the pain ends because God gives me comfort even in the ickiest, um, most uncomfortable situation. And with that, I pass.
0: Thanks, Reva. Okay, we got a shooting guard from North Carolina, number twenty-three. Hey, Rick. Good morning.
10: Good morning, Larry. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you?
10: I am doing well, thank you. It's good to be here okay. with all of you. Uh, thanks for your service, Larry. My name's Rick J. I am a uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. Very, very grateful to be here love this short little paragraph and, and these little sentences are, are just like, you know, have these huge impacts just hitting me very strongly. And, um, I've marked through a lot of the things I was going to share because they've just already been shared so eloquently, (laughs) but, uh, you know, again, you know, the experience I love that, um, you know, that experience The experience of a spiritual transformation, you know, in contrast to where we came from, for me, that's what was so shocking is if I truly can identify with someone and I know exactly where they're coming from, I can see the darkness they came from because I'm in that same darkness now. I truly know, I truly understand and of course, in uh, Bill's case, he knew Abby personally, which made this experience even more powerful. Which made it so perfect because he knew he knew where Abby was coming from. And when we're connecting with someone, we are letting this this power that's greater than ourselves shine a light through us from the darkness we came from, so we can show up to somebody. And just actually present ourselves as someone who is recovered, who has gone through this, who is sharing our journey with someone. And it's one of those beautiful cases where our darkest past can shine our brightest light for someone. And. It is shocking when I truly understand where someone's coming from, and I'm I'm seeing, you know, basically that, you know, what they were like, what happened to them, and what they're like now. And, yeah, it's compelling. This is a, a program of attraction, not promotion. And for me, that is the most pure example of why, because I'm identifying someone's being relatable to me, and they're opening themselves up to me. They're not selling me anything. They're just presenting their own recovery. But I'm seeing a power in them. There's something about them. You know, like Bill, there was something about his eyes. There's something different. There's something different about this person. What is it? I want that. You know, um, I was hopeless. Yeah, I'm I'm broken. You know Bill emerged from the hospital a broken man, and he's pretty much stayed in that broken condition there's he's got nothing he's just trying to survive and um here here comes Ebbie, you know with this beautiful message and shining his light and you know and Bill wanted that he was interested in that he had nothing, and I love that we can go through this journey of transformation. And now we get to shine that light for others. That is a sacred trust and sacred duty. I don't want to receive this gift and not pass it on. It's a reminder that, you know, I I started (laughs) being on the receiving end, and now it's my turn to, to give it to others. And with that, I pass.
0: Thanks, Rick. Okay, next up is Loretta, followed by Barbara. Loretta, it's your turn.
8: Good morning, Larry. Good morning. This is Loretta, and Loretta H. from North Carolina and recovered for today. And thank you, everyone on this line who is saving my life, along with my beautiful, precious God. Um, I, I also looked up the word hopeless, and it says wretched and despairing. And that's what I came in as—a wretched, despairing person who today has such amazing, amazing grace. And I'm so grateful, as others have shared, for the my Abby. In fact, I just learned yesterday because we talked um, for the first time in a long time. My first Abby, we she actually her anniversary date is on June 10th. Odd or God? Uh, Her experience, strength, and hope were just, I mean, it was just such a spiritual experience and a God sighting. She also was a nutritionist. Uh, She never had a drink in her whole life. Went to AA meetings after our run on 63rd Street. I mean, it was all a spiritual God sighting the first day I met her 21 years ago, and I was desperate and dying. My father had died. He called for me to make amends. I did not show up. Uh, I was into the disease. My weight was climbing. My weight had never climbed except for when I first got hired by my company and I almost got fired. And I was dying and desperate. And thank God for this program that, and the book, and God that saved my life and I realized somebody shared this it's not my my sighting but that little dash in the first death is hopeless and then our lives are unmanageable but then we are not helpless and that's the gift of this program that's what we get to pass on to somebody else that's what we get to get I mean it's such a program of um pricelessness and a program of the gift that keeps on giving. And when I was talking to my sponsor or first sponsor yesterday, I said, I'm so grateful for you. She says, I'm grateful that you're passing it on. And that's what this is about, that spiritual experience that keeps on giving when we're doing the work. And so I wouldn't be alive today uh, if it wasn't for this program. And it will solve all your problems if you work it and of course surrender but i don't know which came first the desperation or the surrender but i'm glad god has given me both of them and i understand his corrective directives, and i stand under them and with that i pass
0: thanks loretta okay next up is barbara followed by dara good morning barbara Good morning, Larry. Thank you for
11: taking the service and thank you to all the people who spoke before me and who will speak to me, speak to all of us afterwards. We are a group together, united. We have one common disease. It may manifest itself in different ways, but we're united. We've got it and not everyone does. Of course, I was shocked but interested. When I came in in 1997, I tried all those different plans. I won't waste your time reviewing them that everyone had tried. And I always lost the weight. I wanted to be the star, but I always gained it back even faster than I lost it. I had a master's degree in losing weight, but a PhD in gaining it so of course I was shocked and interested when they said at the meeting, welcome home. We'll love you until you love yourself. Because I certainly didn't love myself. I was hopeless. Nothing could save me. I knew I was going to die of this disease. Not die, And die because of it. Because I couldn't stop eating. And then I heard We have an allergy of the body and a twist of the mind. And I was interested, shocked, but interested. And as I read the book, I noticed it was written from a Christian point of view. And that made me skeptical because I'm an agnostic. I'm not an atheist because then I wouldn't know there was no God, but agnostic because I hadn't felt it. So and I had to be willing, just be willing to open the crack of my mind a little bit and say, maybe there is something out there that can save me. Because it's insane. It's delusional, Barbara, to think this time it will be different yet again. If I never stopped, I, it, I would be sane. But I can't stop. So... I can't let my prejudice against that particular point of view, because I heard all your voices and you said you were you were uh, abstinent, not cured, but abstinent, and I thought, well, if you can do it, maybe there's hope for me, and that's a theory worth believing. I could believe in that just to start, so. I had to accept this power that I didn't understand that was greater than me, and I had to change. I had to be willing to change everything. I sort of had to think out of the box, try something new, because what did I have to lose? My misery, my 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 poor relationships, everything that I didn't want. Thank you so much. So don't give up. If you're on the struggle bus, if you're in recovery or recovering, I promise you after 25 years, it's worth it. Thank you, everyone. I pass.
5: Thanks, Barbara. Okay, Dara, it's your turn. Good morning.
12: Yay! Good morning, Larry. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater um, in Philadelphia. And uh oh, I got so excited for this paragraph this morning because it just made me remember, you know, the the hopelessness and the despair that I felt. Um, you know, and I remember my first conversation with my sponsor, my beautiful big book guide. Um, and thank God she didn't ask me. I think we ask people ridiculous questions in a way. Like, we're like, are you done? You know, are you, have you given up? And I, I think that, like, I don't know. I couldn't say that, right? My sponsor didn't ask me that. She just said, you know, can I share some experience with you? You know, are you willing to just commit your food to me? And, and like, can we just? talk about the book? Can we just like read this thing together and see what happens? And for me, the hope didn't come um, until the transmission of experience. And I think, you know, I don't understand how someone can be hopeless and be completely licked by this disease and know that they're done. Because for me, part of the hopelessness is the recognition that I I make promises every day about food, and I can't keep those promises, you know, without a power greater than myself working in me and through me, um, and without being able to share my experience, strength, and hope with a, you know, with a compulsive eater, first a recovered one, and now today, you know, I get to work with people who aren't yet recovered, and for me, like, the beauty in this process is that I I don't believe you know it's I don't believe that this is going to work for me I didn't believe that anyway and, and I remember when I first started working with my sponsor I was like yeah 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 that's all well and good for you but like I don't think it's going to work for me I felt terminally unique I felt broken I felt damaged um and through the process of working together you know like I came alive and I and it was a miracle and Today, as someone who's had the honor and the privilege of being able to sponsor others, you know, most people who I start working with are like, yeah, I don't really know. Like, I don't really know. I can't really tell you whether or not I'm going to be able to stay abstinent abstinent forever. Like, I can't really tell you. Whether or not I believe this program is going to work for me, and then and then we get to see together the miracle of recovery that happens when two people who don't believe in themselves invite God in, you know, and and have these incredible, deep and effective spiritual experiences. And so, yeah, for me, like I love hopelessness. It's it's the uh, it's an invitation. It's an invitation for God. And then I love the humility to be able to say, you know what, like, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work for me. Um, and for me today, like, I, I still don't know. I still every day I wake up and I'm like, I, I, I doubt, you know, that God is going to work miracles in my life. And then I show up and I do the work and those miracles happen. And I am floored, like every time, every time I'm completely and totally floored. So, um yeah, really glad to be here. Glad to be in this paragraph. And thanks so much for your service. I'll pass.
0: Thanks, Tara. Okay, page nine, seventh paragraph. He had come to pass his experience. Um, one paragraph only. Who would like to share on what was read? Katie, Katie T, Katie, T. Sam S. H. H. Sam no, X. T. Joanne. Susan.
5: Uh, Susan.
0: Okay, we got Katie, Ken, Sam, Joanne, and Susan. Yes. Maybe one more?
7: Yes.
5: Yes. um, Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. What was your first name?
0: I I, I was all prepared to write down yes. I was going to do it. (laughs) I got Katie, Ken, Sam, Joanne, and Susan. Let's go with that and kind of see where we're at. And let's start with... um, Let's start with Katie,
5: followed by Ken. Hi, Katie T. Take two, Katie T, unmute.
0: Okay, we can't hear you, Katie. We might have to come back to you and we'll go on to ken and we'll come back to katie ken can you unmute uh this is katie t can you hear me now
13: thank you larry oh, i can
0: hear you katie uh, you know what ken hang on katie's <laughs> katie's on the line go ahead I'll do katie, it. and then we'll pop. great thanks <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry for the confusion this is katie t at
14: capulse Theater in greenville south carolina i'm fresh from the wars and um I don't personalize this disease like it's out in the parking lot doing push-ups, just trying to kill me, none of that it you know I've been invaded maybe by my disease I've been uh co-opted I've been uh taken over um I've been defeated by my disease but it's it's me it's me it's part of who I am. this disease is a part of who I am, and I need to accept that it's just It's me. It's however my body and my mind have developed through my insane use of food for over 40, you know, probably over 50 years. And, um, you know, I found hope in OA, and I've been around since the 70s. But um, the meetings I was going to back then, like many people have said, were focused on the tools rather than the steps that were rare big book meetings. I'd see an occasional spark of somebody that I knew really, really had it. And I just never got it myself, and I would go away. And then I'd come back because it was the only way I ha- I found. This is where I knew the hope was. And I had about um, four years of good, three and a half maybe, years of good recovery, didn't maintain my fit spiritual condition, and fell away. And um, that that um, look in Ebby's eyes, that, that Bill saw, that gleam of, of, uh, recovery of, um, of a, a God-centered life. It's like, I'm, I'm like maybe eight, nine days abstinent right now, working with a sponsor who's, um, you know, being very thorough and insisting that I acknowledge my hopelessness and, um, that what I've done is in acknowledging my hopelessness and my surrender, I have found hope, and I'm already – it's like Bill saw something in Ebby's eyes. Well, I see something in my heart. I see something inside of me. I know, and people say to me, oh, it's good to see you shining again. People say that to me that know me in and out of of abstinence and recovery. And um, it's just such a beautiful place that I'm going to be able to share um, my experience, strength, and hope again – Uh, when I get back to steps 10, 11, and 12. And I'm in no rush to get there. I'm enjoying the ride um, and the growth that comes with turning my life over to God and and being being rigorously honest and working this program in the way it's meant to be worked. And
0: I will pass. Thanks, Katie. Okay, next up we have uh, Ken followed by Sam. And, Ken, you're up. Jump right in.
13: Thanks Larry this is Ken WH recovered compulsive overeater from North Carolina good to be here this morning um i'm just i get totally amazed as i spend more and more time in this book how organized it is um here bill at a hopeless state i've been at a hopeless state and i know what that feels like and it is not fun and um I remember that the first 12-step meeting I ever walked into and almost all of the first ones I walked into on the chalkboard, that's back when I had chalkboards, um, said hope is found here. And at that point, I didn't know I was hopeless. Uh, It took a while for me to come to terms with my hopelessness, especially with food, that it has taken a long, long time for me to finally accept that reality that I'm hopeless, but Bill connects the book so well, brings it all together. It's so well organized. I just go back to the forward to the first edition. We of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than a hundred men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Um, I think what happens here on this reading today is the word seemingly uh, has meaning for me now. Because at the time, when I'm in my hopelessness, uh, it is hopeless. It's not seemingly hopeless. It is hopeless. Um, but here, uh, just the hopeless state of mind and body. To show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. For them, we hope that these pages will prove so convincing that no further auth- auth- uh, that, that word authentication will be necessary. We think this account kind of our experiences will help everyone to better understand. Um, it, it says also in the big book, uh, my experi- my story discloses in a general way what I used to be like, not it, what I used to be like, what happened, and what I, not it, is like, am like today, and that's my experience, and my experience then brings the word seemingly in in front of the word hopeless. So it's only seemingly hopeless. It only feels like it or looks like it to me. But this book is telling me that, well, that's it only seems that way. The truth is there is always hope. There's always hope. I used to sing a song, there's hope for the old and the weary. There's hope for the newly begun. There's power and strength in the grace of God. And... <laughs> That's what this program has taught me and teaches me and keeps me going day to day. I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Ken.
0: Okay, Samantha. I know it's Sam, followed by
15: Joanne. Hey, Sam. How are you? <laughs> Hey Larry, I only go by Samantha at work. <laughs> hey everybody. Hello, <laughs> oh, good morning. My name is Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive eater and I live in Bristol, Rhode Island. It's official. I'm gonna cross out a bill and I'm gonna put Sam's story because wow, this I mean, this was me. I gotta tell you, um, hopeless. Why do we talk about hopelessness on a on a meeting where we're supposed to carry, you know, the message of hope? Because we have a message of hope because there is a solution today that in a a program of action that we have gone through that has given us freedom. And I got to tell you, there's nowhere else for me to go. I've tried almost 30 years of going to the food as a solution, poor solution, and then going to restricting and just trying to just manipulate my body weight and solution. You know what doesn't work? What is the definition of insanity? But like Bill, I was hopeless. I was not someone who said, I am not going to give up. I am just going to come at this. The thing is, is when you sit on a really great, you know, big book based meeting like this and you hear it and you're a real compulsive eater like me, I could not unring that bell. So I would disturb. Even though I sat here for a couple of years listening, I wasn't hopeless. I still had, you know, I still had um I still had a a leg in the race or whatever you wanna say. But what ended up happening was experience in the rooms. That's where I had another bottom where I really thought that I was hopeless and then I really became hopeless and then I was just bruised and I was crawling and finally I just you know on the outsides I achieved the goal whatever you want to call it and I looked great and I sounded great but in the inside I felt bruised beaten bloodied raw I was I felt like a fraud because I was a fraud and so I called someone up who led me to somebody else and I said these are all the things that I'm doing it says here I was shocked I was absolutely shocked you want me to call you when you want me to listen to this and get back to you when you want me to do this and and you know what came out of my mouth was okay okay okay. I want to make sure I'm like really careful with my tone of voice because I don't want to rant or rave. I'm just so passionate about the fact that I was so hopeless. And then when my eyes were opened to all the things that I needed to surrender, and I was asked to surrender so that we could work the steps so that I could get a connection with the power. It seemed crazy. I was shocked. But somebody took my hand who had done it, who had surface level proof that they were walking to talk, and she brought me through. And i got to tell you, my life is absolutely changed by this, and I have waves of hopelessness still in different areas, but people hold my hand. There's nowhere else that I can go and I can get this. I can't unring the bell. I can't unknow, but I can share it because today I have a message of depth and weight, and I have an experience that people have led me through. So like Bill, who was shocked and probably was like, Ebby, you want me to do what? He did it because hopelessness is just one little step at a time, and we get spoon-fed by people who love us and that want us to get well. And so if you are here and you're broken and bloody on the inside and you don't know what to do and you're hopeless, you are prime candidate for this program, because that's what it took for me. And so with that, I pass. I'm just so excited. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Sam. Okay, we're now seating uh, Reservation Party 1, Joanne. We have a corner table for you. Joanne, good morning.
5: Joanne, unmute if you would. Good morning, Larry, and good morning, everyone. Good morning.
16: Yeah, thank you so much for, um, oh my goodness, sharing your experiences with me. I came into this program completely hopeless and did not realize how full of despair I was. Um, And by you passing on your experiences to me, I learned about the miracle of this program. And um, so just so grateful to be here today, to be um, coming back from relapse in March, um, for working through the steps with my sponsor and, yeah, I was shocked too. I was shocked at who I was. Wow. The growth that I've experienced just, um, being here and hearing your experiences and sharing my despair and surrendering to a God that, um, whose grace, you know, is going to save, save all of us. So, um, I just love this program and the rigorous honesty that we need, and I love the um feeling the light of the spirit now and feeling God's presence in my life and understanding that, yeah, it was all about a lack of power, and by the grace of God, uh we're gonna have the strength to be recovered, so with that, I pass
17: and thank you for allowing me to share.
16: Thank
0: you. Oh, thank you, Joanne. Okay, Susan, you're up. Good morning.
17: Good morning. It is Susan S.H. in Ohio, though. Um, I am very grateful to read this again. And this little paragraph really um, drives home to me how some of those same feelings I was having. Uh, yeah, well, this is cracked. Well, but I'm hopeless. They're hopeless. I I can identify in so much. Um, if Bill was just as seemingly hopeless, dishonest, selfish as I, there's a real hope for me. And it continues. And I have experienced this. And I am so grateful. But I can never think I got this. Ebbie was able to share his experience, strength, and hope. And uh, there was still hopelessness there. Uh, today, I identify with both Abby and with Bill, both reaching out for help, both with a hopeless condition of mind and body. My work identifying returns me to see that I'm both. My work is rowing the boat, but my surrender is asking in everything, what is my next step? Every day, every time. When I think I know, I don't. (laughs) I'll never be done needing the guidance of a higher power, and that's where I turn daily, and I must turn daily. I'll never be done needing guidance, willingness, and ability, and I ask for that. I can't create it myself. I tried my whole life. It didn't work. But I have directions to access the power I don't have, my higher power. I am so grateful for my family here for helping me see answers, directions, and hope in these directions that we review every day. Thank you all for, for being my family. And I pass.
0: Thank you, Susan. Okay, we've got time, I think, for one more share. Who wants to be lucky number 13? Who is that? Don't <laughs> all jump at once, right?
15: It's Katie Maya.
0: Uh, I heard Katie. Ask, yes. Hey, Katie, Katie, why don't you go ahead? Good morning. Okay.
7: Good morning. This is Katie up a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And I was hopeless. Um, of course I would have this thing and, you know, I came in, um, I went to my first meeting when I was 14. Uh, you know, thought it was the dumbest thing in the world and left and uh came back when I was 21 and, and struggled in these rooms for six years. And I became hopeless. And so I guess my message is that hopeless, you know, surrender, the bottom, they are all defined by our own experience. Like someone else's bottom may be a lot lower than mine. I know that this is a progressive disease and that if I were to go back out, um, I would be catapulted to the bottomless pit of um, this disease and that the bottom is, is, is bottomless. And I have not had to go back out and find that new bottom for uh, over 34 years. And, you know, I know that there's, you know, it's just different for everyone. And I can't, I can't make someone hit bottom. I can't tell them what their bottom is, but I can tell you that you can say, okay, I am at the bottom. This is as far down as I need to go. And if you qualify as a compulsive overeater, which we have been describing over and over again through um, you know, reading the doctor's opinion and the, these first nine pages, like you can step off anywhere and say, okay, I, I've, I've had enough misery. I wanna join this, um, this group of people who have found a solution carry that message to anyone who um, thinks they may have hit bottom. And, you know, I I didn't even, because I was so young, um, when I came to my first meeting, I'd obviously been a compulsive overeater for, you know, a while, even at the age of 14, I really didn't know that it was possible to not have that constant chatter in my head of should I, shouldn't I, will I, won't I, can I, how can I do this, uh, will anybody notice um, do I look fat today? Blah, blah, blah. That ad nauseum um, chatter about food. And so sometimes, you know, working this program sounds like a lot of work, but that misery was way more work than this program. And I'm just so grateful that um, I did feel hopeless when I was 27 years old and needed to lose 70 pounds. And now, at almost 62, My life just keeps getting better, and I keep growing and changing. It's not uh, a one night, one uh, you know, one walk through the steps matter. It's it's constantly growing and changing with God's help and with that I'll pass.
0: Thanks, Katie, with your lies, sixty-two. Yeah, right. Okay. Anyways, thank you everyone who has participated today. Please join us for a, a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Let me give you the share ID for today's meeting. That number is 19,066. That's 19066. And we are going to close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Would um, Leah ask, would you do that for us, Leah? Good morning.
5: ask you're going to have to unmute. Oh, I was talking away. I was saying, of course <laughs> I'll I would.
0: <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that.
18: Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day